Well, welcome back. Uh, this is John Jagu. We are at Arlington Stadium. AT&T AT Stadium, not Arlington Stadium. We were in the Arlington Stadium. I don't know. It's probably demolished before you were born. Uh, AT&T Stadium in Arlington. It is a very comfortable, like 80 degrees outside. It's like June in Texas, and it feels like it's October. But I am here with, with, with Dylan Jimenez of the Eagle Eye Podcast, uh, who is from Sweetwater, but is currently in San Angelo, Texas. San Angelo State. Go Rams. Angelo State. Is it just Angelo State? It's just Angelo State. <laughs> Now I feel bad because I'm sitting here, you know, talking all this stuff and I've gotten two things wrong. I'm, I'm going to start calling you Jaime. You, know, you, you can get that wrong as well. Well, Dylan, what brings you to uh, AT&T Stadium today? Well, you know, uh, just coming out for the Eagle Eye podcast, you know, covering the Mexico game too. And, uh, you know, it gives, gives me a chance, you know, not only to network, you know, see a lot of guys too, but it gives a chance to give me experience, you know, covering a soccer game, you know, uh, something that I've, I want to work towards, you know, especially with my career as I go forward and progress with it. Um, something that I'm studying too um, at Angelo State also. So you're a communications major at Angelo State, but, but you're also a Club America fan. So I want to know, you're from Sweetwater, Texas. How did La Grandeza de la America get to Sweetwater, Texas? No, you know, uh, it wasn't even uh, Mexican. Well, it was Mexican soccer, actually. You know, 2010 World Cup is the first time I started watching soccer. And, you know, just fell in love with the sport, you know. Um, then, you know, all of a sudden I found Liga Mekis. And I said, you know, well, what's the team that I'm going to support? You know, I, um, somebody asked me one day, you know, who, who do you support? And, you know, only two teams I knew at the time were just Chivas and Tigres, to believe it or not. And so, you know, I just kept watching more and watching more. And uh, I don't know, just, just the way that the team was and the standard of the team, you know, their goals that they set. Um, whenever I found America, you know, I just fell in love with the club. Well, you caught him in, uh, right around 2010, kind of in a downslide. So, I mean, you really are a truly a Club America fan if you, if you stick with them after a period back then when, uh, you know, before uh, Ricardo Pelaez came in and changed everything. And they really have, haven't really looked back since then. So, you know, usually I ask people, you know, for America fans, like, you must have had somebody, like a family member in prison or something to become a Club America fan. But no, you actually watched the games and said, wow, this is a team that I could get behind. And then, and then they started winning, so that you look like a genius. Right, and, and you know, um, so, you know, like you said, I mean, being from Sweetwater, you know, this is such a small town. It really is, you know, so, you know, the big thing over there is football, like American football. And so, you know, just whenever I started getting on the soccer scene, you know, I stood out a lot of people, you know, like, why soccer? Why soccer? And I'm like, soccer is just a beautiful game. And, you know, you know, just, just picking up, you know, a pretty big, pretty downside to the, to the club at the time, especially around 2010. And then, you know, obviously 2030 comes around, you know, we win, we win the championship against Cruz Azul. So, you know, you know, the start of it, you know, I kind of felt that rough patch a little bit, you know, going in, you know, it just started getting better. And so it was just the club I fell in love with. Yeah, I mean, you caught them in the, in the Michel Bauer era right that toward the end of it so i could understand how i mean you could have looked away. and i have to I have to admit i always thought that sweetwater is more of a of a, of a pumas town or an atlas town but no you say you say it's a it's a football town yeah. a football town what is, what is sweetwater's nickname i forget but it were the mustangs the mustangs did they play in the state title a few years ago uh 2016 they did it was against west orange stark right west yeah orange, and they gave them a game and it just it just didn't work out i know I'm, i missed it by a year or two like i graduated in 2016 and 2016 was that that state title year they, that they win so i didn't get i didn't get to join as a student but just as being as from the community and a fan of obviously the program you know that was fun to come out still well i remember that game because i was uh, working on those broadcasts for fox uh, a few years ago and if i were a thief in Sweetwater, that would have been a great time to do some do some thieving because it seemed like the entire city of Sweetwater was in the stands for that for that state title. There was a lot of folks from Sweetwater here. Yeah, let's talk about Mexico. So it's it's the Gold Cup, Gold Cup 2019. Uh, there's a new coach, uh, what looks to be a new generation of players. Uh, 
you've been following Mexico since 2010. So you, this is the, that you've had you've had three World Cups, really a, a decade that that we've labeled on the on the podcast, kind of a decade of dis- of disappointment because at the beginning of the decade you see all these very young players that have a lot of potential. And, uh, you know, they realized some of it, but not all of it. it, it they didn't uh, attain the levels that I think Mexico fans wanted to see. So what, do you, what are your expectations for this Gold Cup and then uh, moving forward, uh, not just in the 2022, but 2026, where Mexico will be hosting a World Cup? Right. Well, you know, going talking about this go- upcoming Gold Cup first, you know, I think, you know, everybody expects it too. And, you know, um, it's a lot of pressure for the team, but I think it's always, you know, win the Gold Cup, you know, CONCACAF, you know, you all, whenever you hear CONCACAF, you hear Mexico first and then probably the United States, maybe Costa Rica, depending on how you hear it. But, you know, I think really, you know, it's a it's a good time. You know, you see you see a lot of young players too, um, especially like, you know, when you see Alexis Vega, you, you hear them, maybe Rodolfo Pizarro. Um, Overlean Pineda, you know, names like that too, that you really want to see up and step up and be a key role in this national team too. And, you know, uh, you talked about that decade, you know, obviously, you know, that, that fifth game is so haunting and, and everything. And, and that's something too that the players probably think about in the back of their minds a lot is that fifth game. And so, you know, um, it's just the one thing too that I've always mentioned on the podcast whenever we talk about the L3 side of things, you know, is, is you know, it seems like sometimes, you know, some of these Mexico coaches, you know, they get a cycle or maybe like half a cycle, depending on what happens with, with that coach. And, you know, after that, you know, if they don't make the fifth game, then it just seems like it's the end. Um, we'll go out and find somebody new. But I feel like if you give if you give that coach more than just that one cycle, then maybe we can see more progress uh, with the team, especially going into the fifth game and maybe maybe who knows maybe a final one day I, you know i think that's everybody's dream especially mexico fans especially mine you know um coming onto the scene and wanting to see them lift the title one day before um before i die but you know um just, that, that's just my that's just my thinking you know it's just sometimes the coach either gets a cycle that's it sometimes you know a coach a coach gets hired gets fired halfway through the cycle and you can hire somebody else especially physically lead them to that 2014 one Whenever you you had like Lucetich coming and everything, you know it, it was just a mess, and, you know especially the qualifying and everything. Um, that's one thing I wish the federation would see too and everything. And um, you know I think a, a lot of you know players are starting to get a little bit more of a chance still. Like we've seen uh, obviously ex America player Diego Linus so are going to going to Betis. Um, you know it kind of had seemed like he was had a little bit of a promising start. Then you know got benched toward the end of the season, not seeing much playing time. Some some of the media like saying. He's coming back to America for six months and this and that, but I don't, I don't think so. Um, I mean, yeah, he, he, I, I, he really needed to go. Um, and, and it was to me, I knew he was going to leave eventually. Um, I kind of, kind of, kind of wanted him to stay just for, just for the last, not, not leaving the winter, stay with America and play, and then leave in the summer because just making that transition in the winter transfer can be difficult. And I think we saw it, but I think if we give him about a full year, maybe a year and a half, to see what he can do in Betis and. Then we can judge judge it from there. But the six months that he had is not judge not, not judge worthy. We're talking with uh, Dylan Kimenez, the Eagle Eye Podcast. He's from Sweetwater, Texas, but currently uh, an Angelo State Ram. You are a senior. You're graduating this this December. Congratulations. I, I want to circle back to what you said about the uh, the coaching. Maybe it would be a good idea for them to have uh, not just one cycle but two cycles, especially now considering that Mexico will be hosting in part the 2026 World Cup, you would expect that at least the group stage games would be, and maybe even a one of the, of the knockouts would be in Mexico, where one would expect Mexico to be playing, uh, since they are <clears throat> hosting. 
So that would be the ideal time. And you really kind of have the ideal coach uh, in, in, in Tata Martino to oversee this process. And we saw what he did at Paraguay, where he uh, helped them attain levels that they had never reached and came as close as anybody did to beating Spain in the, in the South Africa, and probably should have beaten Spain, frankly, in that South Africa World Cup in the quarterfinal, where Dario Verón had the game of his life, practically, just a, just a terrific game from Dario Verón. So I do understand that uh, that th th this really is the ideal time for the, for the players that you mentioned, and also for the coach to see, the, let's see if they can put it all together, because there's no more Confed Cup. They're not going to play in any, any Copa Americas anytime soon, so really all they have is CONCACAF. So you might as well, I mean, Yes, winning trophies are nice, but at this point, you want to see what you have with the players. So it would be a really good idea to get as, uh, as your eyes on as many of those guys as possible. And, and tournaments like the Gold Cup and the upcoming Coca-Cola Nations League are the ideal places in uh, in which to do that. Now, I do want to ask you one last question before we before we say goodbye. In your lifetime, would you be happier with seeing Sweetwater win the state title or Mexico win a World Cup? Well, you know. Well, the, diff the difference is Sweetwater, Sweetwater team has already won the state championship, so I think I'd be more happier seeing Mexico lift the World Cup <laughs> than, us, than us winning another state championship soon. And Sweetwater also has a lot more competition for that state title than Mexico has for the uh, for the World Cup. So, but Sweetwater's see, looks like Sweetwater's already done it. So yeah, well, let's, <laughs> well, let's see uh, Mexico. Well, Devin, thank you so much for joining us here on the Cantina Mexico podcast, and uh, you're on the Eagle Eye podcast, and you guys broadcast every Tuesday. Is that correct? Yes. That's and uh, you just had a formed a partnership with another group. Uh, tell us a little bit about that before we say goodbye. Yeah, so um, recently we formed a partnership with uh, La Resaca Americanista. Um, the director, Alan Tamayo, reached out to us and said, hey, you know, we want you all to join. You know, you'd be part of La Resaca Americanista, but, you know, obviously in the U.S. and you'll be doing our English coverage and you can keep doing what you're doing. And so, you know, um, obviously we're a big America channel, but we also talk throw in some L3 here and there and so um, you know he supports us uh, we've gotten a lot of support especially from the English language community and Liga Mekis in L3 and so uh, we just keep grinding just keep working and um, as you can see um, our hard work's paying off and we just keep growing every day well congratulations for that and uh, I would say good luck good luck and best of luck to Club America but as a Pumas fan I can't allow myself to say anything like that so uh, but but thank you very much for joining us here we'll talk to you next very nice to meet you all right nice to meet you Cheers. thank you